Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't know why you won't let me chew gum when we do this podcast. It is really annoying to me. Well, <laughs> I mean, I already have to go through every week and delete about 400 of my laughter, my laughs between like before and after everything I, <laughs> everything I say. I'm really funny. You should leave all those laughs in. Yeah, but- Why do you delete them? I just have to delete like half of them. I got to, so I don't seem like, like, have you seen that movie Joker um, with Joaquin Phoenix and he's yeah. got that <laughs> thing where he can't stop laughing? I yeah. feel like maybe people think I've got that same thing. So, you know? Or, do you, <laughs> or yeah. do you just think people think, oh, he really thinks that, that Alexander's really funny and that's good. That's a good thing because it's true. I'm hilarious. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's exactly what they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, they think, or they think you're a bumbling fool. I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> not entirely untrue either. So, I mean, you know, I don't think you need to edit out your laughs. All right. Well, I guess I don't need to. You know what it's like when someone's chewing in your ear. <laughs> oh. Not that I mind for the recording, but you know, for listeners who are a bit more sensitive than I am. <laughs> oh, whatever. The listeners can go get a life. Everyone yeah. chews gum. It's the best. Look, when you meet them face-to-face, um, you'll have lovely, fresh, minty breath and you can chew as much as you like then, I reckon. <laughs> when I'm signed, look, oral hygiene is very important, I'll have you know. Yeah. And also, um, you know, I'm looking for a chewing gum sponsorship for this podcast. So, oh, yeah. yeah, well, why the hell not? I chew oh. a lot of gum. Yeah. <laughs> I buy it in bulk at Costco. So, Wrigley's, hook a, hook a brother up <laughs> or whoever. <laughs> Wrigley's even still going. I don't know. Wrigley, well, who does who does chewing gum? You know what doesn't happen anymore? Here's mm. something for you. You can't really buy Hubba Bubba anymore. Can't you? Well, um, I was talking that's to a te- friend of mine with terrible kids. terrible news. <laughs> you're supposed Isn't it to terrible? Say, before you say something like that, you're meant to say, are you sitting down? <laughs> are you sitting down? Well, yes, I am. <laughs> well, you can't, you, you, can't, you can't buy Hubba Bubba anymore. Really? Not even yeah, the tape? See? Thank God you're sitting down. So I think you can go buy the tape at like the in like the aisle at the supermarket. But okay. a friend of mine with kids said to us the other day, "Oh, my kids don't know how to, to blow bubbles." And I was sort of, I sort of jumped back it with shock yeah. horror. And it's like not being oh, able to my, swim or ride a bike. It's a rite of passage for a child to be able to blow bubbles. Yeah. And um, anyway, I think you can only buy Hubba Bubba in like a bulk packet. I might be wrong. People out there listening might be like shaking their heads thinking like, Alexander, you don't frequent train station, subway, kiosks very often. Maybe it's available there. Yeah. And you would be right. I don't. But as far as I can tell, at my local Woolworths, I can't see Hubba Bubba. Right. So it could just be a ranging issue or it could just be not available anymore. But do you remember Hubba Bubba was like the best? I loved, remember it had that cola flavor, they had the original flavor. Like what the fuck was that original flavor? It was really just like chemicals and sugar. Yeah, really actually, brilliant. I don't remember any other brands of bubblegum. Were there other bubblegum brands? Other than like you'd go to those things and it was like a globe and you put 20 cents in and you turn it and it all comes out tasting of musty fruit. Or <laughs> yeah, something. other than those like yeah. awful chalky dusty gumballs from gumball machines. Um, I don't know if there was any like very successful, you know, brand of bubblegum that kind of had much staying power. Maybe there was. I remember like... You know, you could get like the odd novelty bubblegum maybe that kind of turned turned up, but nothing yeah. very nothing very good, nothing with the same kind of, you know, juiciness. You know, as soon as you put a piece of Hubba Bubba in your mouth, your mouth just waters. Mm, I think the grape, I'm having memories of grape flavour in my mouth see, now. See, so. <laughs> see, it's exactly the thing. And yeah. think about it, we, we talked a few episodes ago about, you know, um, lip smackers. Bonnie Bell oh, yeah. lip smackers in grape and, you know, that's what was the inspiration for our Belbo's product. That's so right. you never know. Maybe we could be people that bring out chewing uh, bubble gum. Maybe we yeah. could bring out a bubble gum range, a fruity Alexia. <gasps> it would be perfect. Fruity is like yeah. a great word for bubble gum. Fruity Alexia bubble gum. <laughs> Shut the or, front door. 
we keep the elbows going and you just have to chew your elbow to get the flavour. <laughs> <laughs> or that. That's a great idea. I like yeah, that idea. It's a similar texture, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, do you know I what I found out about the elbow? You know yeah. that, you know the end of your elbow, like the actual bit uh, of skin on your name? elbow? I do know the name, but I, yeah. I feel like you should reveal it for those at home who don't know. Somebody told me the name. Yeah. So Okay, so everybody listening at home, so I want you to do something. I want you to follow along with the sound of my voice. This is like an yeah. ASMR moment. I want you yeah. to... Take one of your hands and I want you to grab the skin on your elbow, you know, like the yeah. loose bit of skin where like, you know, little sort of goosebumps get sometimes. Just grab it and have a little squeeze. It's where all the little wrinkles are. Okay, so the thing that you are grabbing right now. And I'm grabbing too. Is your weenus. <laughs> I think I might be wrong, but I think it's called your weenus. That's it. No, you're right. Yeah. I th- yeah. Yeah. And I See, think I want to, when you say it, I'm going to add like a big sort of mind blown explosion sound effect. I love in that. There, I, <laughs> I thought maybe, you, I wish we had like rights to do music because I would like you to sample um, Bananarama Venus and then just superimpose my voice over I'm your for like the, I'm your weenus. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> I would love that so much. But anyway, we can't do that. We can't afford no. it. One day when we're successful, we'll do yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You can, we can re- release it as a charity single. In order to be successful, we'd better get on with the episode, I think. Let's do it. All right. Roll up, roll up, listeners of Fruity Alexia. It is great to have you back, 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 back again. I'm Alexander. And I'm Alex. Last and time who I else, who, else is, who else is back, Alex? Well, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been waiting at a certain bus stop for <laughs> many, many years. <laughs> and finally, the Venga bus has arrived. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> the Venga boys have a new single out. <laughs> I mean, get out of town. <laughs> have you heard it? Bus. Yeah. I have heard it. I have heard it. Yeah. Um, what did you I think? Love how, I love how you're like casually saying to me, have you heard it? As if you weren't the person who sent it to me at like 7 o'clock on Saturday well, morning. Well, don't give away our <laughs> secrets. <laughs> like, it's like the first thing that I wake up to is like this like trance house music from the Venga Boys, but that's yeah. fine. That's okay. But yeah. um, I do. I love the song. The song is a, such a great song. It's a cover of... A Charlie XCS and a Troy Savan song, um, and yeah. I love Troy, so um, I'm totally, totally up there with this song. Have you heard the original? Well, funnily enough, I didn't realize until you said that it was a cover, and then I listened to it, and I went, "Oh, yes, I do know this song." So obviously, the Venga Boys have done enough to make it their own. I think. <laughs> oh well, that's such a compliment to the Venga yeah. Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, they don't get me. So tell me, would you go and see them if they came out here on in a concert? Hmm. I mean, the thing these days, if you an act like that, is you come out with about five other acts and you all do one concert because you've only got a couple of hits. So you, you don't have. So the answer is yes, yes, you would go. Well, I mean, uh, historically, I haven't gone along to, <laughs> to things like that. <laughs> well, I think you're missing out. But also, yeah. here's here's a question for you about the Venger Boys. Hmm. Are they all the same Venger Boys? Like I. The two women might be the same, but wasn't there a change in one of the men? Like the sailor, didn't he get, or yeah, the sailor, wasn't he like swapped midway through or something? Oh, was he? Was there, a, was there, yeah, was there a scandal <laughs> Midway about through it, their one he, hit. <laughs> yeah. Halfway <laughs> through the song. He, <laughs> I think he was like, you know, swapped out. All right. I could be I wrong. I don't know. I mean, this comes after news I heard earlier today, news from 1997, that yeah. one of the members of Ace of Base had some ties to some white supremacist groups <laughs> that I'd what? never known about. I yeah. mean, look, this, firstly, Ace of Base mm. are just loving that they're being mentioned by anybody right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm surprised, why were you Googling Ace of Base? 1997 well, <laughs> news? <laughs> <laughs> because we've started doing this podcast. This podcast, and oh, I'm research. now looking at things like the Venga Boys on YouTube rather than the things I used to look at, which I can't remember what it was. Five <laughs> hints for shinier elbows. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just getting all these things fed to me in the um, recommendations, and the one of the things that came sure. up was a um, a documentary 
a five it was broken up into five parts all about ace of base so yeah i had a little bit of a watch and the guy in question actually mentions the you know the um white supremacist ties so i feel like it, we don't even have to say allegedly but just, you know if you need confirmation look up the <laughs> ace of Dreadful. base documentary on youtube um but uh, you know he sort of goes you know i was young and you know got swept up and and by the time he was like 16 he was out of it but still you know naughty naughty i'm not so sure about <laughs> you know i was swept up in white supremacy well that's quite no. a that's quite a concept that's quite a that's quite a movement to be swept up in it is isn't it yes <laughs> you know i have to say just quietly i've yeah. never been one to i've never sort of been um one to sort of answer that call but anyway very interesting Oh, yeah, and I'm certainly not apologising for <laughs> chap from Ace of Base, so let's not have that on the record. <laughs> That's not. No, absolutely not. No, I agree with you. Yeah. That's very interesting. Okay, well, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of crazy shit about 90s pop bands and pop groups that um, we don't realise and don't know. Yeah. All right, well, should we skip into the um, today's episode of Pop Stars Australia? Sting me. <laughs> if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alrighty, I'm not going to beat around the bush. This is the episode, I think, that we've been waiting for. This is the episode where the girls are on set to film their debut music video for their debut single, Poison. And it is the episode that I think when you talk about Pop Stars Australia to people, in their mind, this is the episode that they have. All of the sequences and scenes from this episode my memory, and I think a lot of people's is, is that this particular sequence of events happened over several episodes, but actually, nope, happened in about 22 minutes. And um, it's pretty it's pretty epic. And I have to say, watching it made me just so, so, so gleefully happy. What about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really the closest it comes to looking glamorous, I think. So. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was really great. I thought it was fantastic. And, um, you know, of course, there's a bit of drama with, you know, sets and wardrobe and all that kind of thing, as you would expect. And, mm. you know, we, we see sort of a couple of characters that we've seen before, Anna Kiprios and, and whatever, and, um, you know, a bit of argy-bargy. But generally, this is all about the music video, which is super exciting for any pop stars or Bardo fan. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's really exciting. I mean, I think I've probably got a note about this later. Um, But what's exciting is just to see these sort of iconic things like images from this time of this band that we sort of know and love. And it's actually, you know, the the bit before where they're just kind of milling around in their, you know, in under fluoro lights in the full costume that you know so well or... You know, there's just standing. They're standing behind the set, and you can sort of peek through. And there's that little corner of the set you can see through the through the window there. And yeah, know, there's something really exciting about just seeing like the like. It does feel like you're finally backstage on something that's really stuck in my mind. I don't know. Did you feel the same way? A hundred percent, I did. I I actually think this episode is one of the episodes that really made you feel like you were getting a glimpse into something that was super, super exciting and glamorous and otherworldly that we hadn't seen before. Um, you know, th- you were just constantly being, you know, bombarded with, you know, sumptuous visual references mm. on the screen of these, you know, five beautiful entertainers, um, you know, recording this music video. And I really felt like I was sort of a fly on the wall, you know, little glimmers of, you know, um, you know, behind the sets and things sort of, you know, stapled together and 
um, you know, a bit of the bit of the hair and makeup moment and the wardrobe moment and, you know, small details that actually when you see the image today, 20 years later, you really f- think, oh, hang on, I, I forgot entirely about that reference, you know. Hmm. You know, and and I I forgot entirely that there was that detail. And when you actually look at the re- the image again now, you're like, oh, yeah, there is that thing that I forgot about or whatever. Yeah, and um, it's hard. At one point at the end of the episode, you see them all picking their favorite photo to be the album cover. Yeah, and um, it's hard to think that any other album cover could possibly have been that album cover. Yeah, now. that's right. Yeah, it's and so it's- bizarre to think. <laughs> it's interesting to sort of see the process and I think because it really is focused on the work that they're doing, they all, it feels to me like they all feel a bit more comfortable with the whole situation in this episode like because they're getting down to the nuts and bolts of actually, you know, making the work and, you know, deadlines are looming. Um, there's a bit less sort of, um, you know, fretting and a bit more sort of this is just what's happening now, I think. Well, quite possibly. I mean, yeah. this episode we're told a couple of times how behind the project is, yeah. you know, how, how delayed they are, how they've run over time. It's, you know, I think Michael Napthali at one point ridiculously kind of goes on this tangent and he sort of talks about how behind they are and how they're millions and millions of dollars over budget and the girls are working all through the night and days and days straight and, you know, Anna Kiprios is having a, conniption because you know people are being worked through the night and not rehearsed and yada 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 and yeah you kind of get this impression that ah they're well and truly part of the machine now and um you know i have to admit you know watching it back on reflection you can kind of see that katie is taking this super seriously and like all in her stride and she's such a pro such a professional and mm. and you know it's very impressive for for a novice and you've got sophie and sally who seem to be having quite a bit of fun yeah but maybe maybe have you know, have uh, less sort of professionalism maybe than um, than Katie. And you've yeah. got Belinda who seems a little bit reticent to the whole thing, potentially a little bit more tre- uh, trepidation I think in some of the yeah, things she's doing. Yeah, hard of course, to read in a funny way, I yeah, think. I yeah, I think so. Hmm. I think so too. And and then you've got Tiffany who, again, I think she got a shitty edit. Um, I don't know if we, you're going to talk about this later, but she's, she's getting such a shitty rap in this show. Yeah, I wonder, I mean... I started to think maybe she's just so anxious about the whole thing. Um, Possibly. And, that's, and, yeah, that's sort of coming across as a bit like narky or something. I but don't see, know. would you show that? Like if, if here's the thing, right, like with this early reality television prototype, if, if, for example, Tiffany was just nervous and stressed and, you know, she was late to the group and yada, 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 hmm. would you actually air all of that stuff? I don't know. I wouldn't be airing any of it because you want it to come across as like all five of them are harmoniously professional and happy with everything although the more i watch into it the more i think like there's not it's not entirely a pr exercise this whole series like they are they are showing sort of a few of the rough edges too which you know to their credit like even that bit we were talking about i think either last week or a couple of weeks ago where you know they're making fun of michael napfly using the volkswagen beetle oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they're sort of poking fun at michael and i sort of went you know the (laughs) these are the big sponsors and it's sort of become this joke you know (laughs) tongue-in-cheek thing yeah that's true that's possible very possible yeah now there was a great cameo right at the beginning of this episode (laughs) were you ready for this one i think you know what i'm talking about long flowing curly hair (laughs) cut off i know who you're you're talking about (laughs) so of course the um Australian uh, mid-2000s television, I don't, I don't want to say icon, but it was all over the television for many, many years. Fair to say, yeah. Yeah, uh, Jason Coleman was. Yeah, Jason Coleman from with his Ministry of Dance, the choreographer. Yeah. Now, believe it or not, he made his television debut maybe, I don't know, but his first sort of featured appearance was as the choreographer for the live bits of Bardo. Oh, so, on the show yeah. or on their concerts? yeah. Well, both. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. I think I might be wrong. I could be wrong. But yeah. I think he goes on to be a judge on this show, doesn't he? Doesn't he replace somebody next series? Oh, in series maybe. two, doesn't he? Doesn't he help pick Scandalous or not? Maybe I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong about that. Yeah, I actually can't remember. I mean, because like his big one, what was the main one? Was it So you, you Think You Can Dance? That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, I think he did So You Think You Can Dance, yeah. Yeah, and then he was just on every, you know, whatever, the panel or you know, <laughs> every Literally talk show. every other show. Yeah, you couldn't switch over. Like you could switch different channels over in about 2008 and he was on every channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it true, torture. it's true. Yeah, but so he's choreographing their live show basically and actually I didn't 
really like what he was doing. And, like, you know, it's easy because I'm not a big fan of his uh, TV persona, but actually separate to that, I just didn't like the choreography in itself. Like there's a lot of foot detail. feels really restrictive and it feels like they've got this like, it's like they're dancing on plinths even though they've got a whole stage and like the energy's all down in the feet, which is like fine if you're a dancer. But, you know, because they're singers and there's quite a lot, like you want to be really watching their faces while they're singing. Um, I just feel like all that fancy footwork he's making them do is really restrictive and it makes them feel a bit robotic or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like each I move mean, has to have about nine foot, each beat of the music has to have about nine foot moves in it. <laughs> well, firstly, thank you for that critical analysis of dancing, Paul Mercurio. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and perhaps you're absolutely right. I, I agree. I didn't really like the choreography either. However, I wonder if that restrictive movement and all that sort of stuff was kind of to emulate that robotic doll-like plastic manufactured-esque sort of thing that he, they were going for. Maybe not. I mean, I agree with you. There was a lot of footwork that wasn't seen because there's very few full body shots in the actual music video and mm. it's all about their faces. You'd kind of think it wouldn't be. And they never do a group dance. They just come together at one time. In the, in the shot. So the choreography oh, is kind well, of irrelevant, really. That's the thing. I think he's doing, he's just doing their live performances and Anna Kiprios has actually choreographed the music video, which is much like the choreography in that is much, much better. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Oh, well, that explains why I, why I was confused by you saying his music video choreography was bad because I thought it was fine. Okay, I see what you yeah. mean. Oh, for an upcoming show. Maybe that's the next episode. Have you watched Ahead? You've watched no, Ahead. No, no, no. It's, um, it's all in this one, but he's just there to... They're getting their live show going, and he's he's been pulled away from choreographing the Sydney Olympic opening oh, yes, ceremony. They said that. That's right. Yeah, and he and it, they're just um, rehearsing for when they actually have to, you know, do a few things live because they're going on to do, um, you know, Westfield. Westfields and stuff like that. That's true. Oh, yeah. yes, that's very true. They, he does say that, and that's right. In the hotel room, he gets them to do stuff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's really so, weird. Yeah, <laughs> and if I recall from, I haven't watched ahead, but I did watch a live performance on YouTube a few weeks ago, and he's one of their dancers in the live thing. <laughs> oh, is he? All that so, hair? Yeah, so he's on stage as well. Anyway, that's for a later date. But um, okay, it's it's funny. We can look to see forward him. to that later. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's funny to see him sort of working with them as well because, you know, Katie sort of has a suggestion and he cuts her right down, and I sort of went, "You don't, don't you?" Jason Coleman do that to Katie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you ever speak to Katie Underwood like that. Yeah, she had a perfectly valid point and he just went, no, because we just decided not to do that and that that was the end of it. And I think um, one of them, maybe it's Tiffany sort of says, you know. Sally, very, I think. Oh, Sally, yeah. He's oh, very no, hard mate, mate. on it. Yeah. I think it's Sally, yeah. It's hard to tell because I think it's a voiceover maybe. As, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, one of them anyway says that he's very hard on them and he – sort of makes everyone do it his way first and mm. then if that doesn't work, they'll change it. But, you know, it just sounds like he's, you know, coming in and, you know, swinging his hair around for want of a better term. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not really Yeah, but I suppose in his mind he's probably a big shot and he's, you know, he's sort of at the height of his career there himself, probably dancing in music videos and choreographing yep. music videos and live shows and he's probably feeling like king shit really. I know that he went on to own his own big dance school that still exists in Melbourne. I probably exists other places called Ministry of Dance. Mm. I had some interactions with that school and him when I was booking some jobs, not oh, yeah. as not as like a dancer obviously, but just as like a client booking some dancers. Um, and he had some quite well-known people or people that have gone on to be well-known actually. Oh, yeah. um, and it was... Yeah, I found I found it a challenging customer service experience, put it that okay. way. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I've heard as well that bit. he's sort of got an office that is above all the dance studios and so and a little balcony so he can sort of walk out like Caesar and watch out, watch <laughs> over the dance studios. But that's just an unconfirmed rumour. So. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's very possible. Yeah. That's very, very possible. I don't remember <laughs> it. I remember the studios in North Melbourne. They were quite glamorous at the time. I don't know where they are now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it must have been after all his TV stuff, so I bet, it, yeah, it I was, bet he had yeah. a bit of coin behind him to set it up. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But, you know, he's done he's done much better than I have, so I don't want to <laughs> – I'm not cutting you down, Jason Coleman. I'm just offering up some uh, little bits of uh, constructive criticism nah, after watching cut this away. episode. <laughs> Whatever. Someone's got to talk about him. 
Yeah, that's right. He'll be happy yeah. just for somebody to be talking about him. Yeah, we've name-checked him. Yeah. I'm a bit al- allergic to alpha males anyway, and he's got mm. that, you know, the cut-off sleeves, which, you know, is, oh. I'm never a big fan of. But anyway. Such a hideous outfit always, that cut-off sleeve vest, sleeveless vest thing. Yeah, and you can smell like the sweat coming out of it always. Anyway, <laughs> let's move God. on from Jason. I've, you, we've given you him really enough You really weren't airtime. a fan, were you? You really weren't a fan at all. <laughs> Who knew that Jason Coleman was going to be your kryptonite for this whole series? Well, I was indifferent to him before I saw this episode and then watching the episode I was like, oh, you just you make, I don't know. <laughs> you're a bit <laughs> tedious. I think you're a bit tedious, <laughs> Jason okay, Coleman. Good to know. Anyway, it's, just, it's my own prejudice coming out. It's um, fine, let it. Yeah. Now, something that so, was qu- quite funny, I don't know if you caught, it's just like I a did. little clip where Sophie is cl- climbing out of her Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, and the doors. She's, yeah, the doors stuck. You know when you're too heavy? Well, you know, yes. I'm too heavy. <laughs> yeah. And you're getting, you're trying to get out of a car, but the doors open so the it lands on the footpath and then you can't do it. Yeah, there's yep. like a great little clip of Sophie trying to sort herself out. <laughs> and I love that it's like, it's like um, a sponsor car, a free car, and they oh. actually aired it. I'm like, oh, that was so bad. Yeah, but she styles it out very well. Like clearly she realises they're filming her and she sort of go, you know, she laughs it off. So I was like, yes, good on you, Sophie. You know? <laughs> yeah, she just kind of plays it down. She's like, yeah, cool, onwards and upwards. Yeah. And then after that, so we've had Jason and then Sophie in the <laughs> destroying the sponsor car. And then we go to the photo shoot where, you know, I didn't realize and I'd sort of forgotten that like the two images that are very clear in my head is sort of them with the blue background. That's the point. Um, That's a single cover for Poison. Yeah. Single cover, right. Yeah. And then the like the big one is like them with the, the pink, pink one. Background sort of posing like dolls. That's the album cover. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I think, as, like I was saying before, it's great to see, you know, the. It's, this is where it really goes to the making of because, you know, they're slowly, they're choosing their outfits and picking little bits out and it's all sort of slowly coming together before your eyes, I think. <laughs> it totally. And actually the yeah. other thing that you see them shooting, you actually see them shooting the cover for I Should Have Never Let You Go for the second single. They're on oh, a right. rooftop at the end and they're in these awful yes, torpy yes. tan outfits. Yeah. Well, it's actually for the second single. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's funny to think that, you know, that was all just done in one day, I think. You know? yep. <laughs> Weird to think that all those images were yeah. shot at once. Yeah. Um, and I didn't look into, I can't even remember who the photographer was, so we can skip over him. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're a big fan of his work, but he gets less airtime than Jason Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hard. We've dedicated half this fucking podcast to shredding Jason Coleman. Poor yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. We should have him on. Oh, God, I don't know if I could. <laughs> I mean, I have one last little point, and I did Google the Ministry of Dance. And, oh, you did? Well, just quickly, and I scrolled down a little bit, and he's got this headshot, and it's just photoshopped beyond, you know, <laughs> to the point of like he looks like he's made out of plastic and his I'm eyes are doing like, this right now. Yeah, you should have a look because like his eyes are like twinkling like, you know, he's, <laughs> I don't know, got spotlights coming out of them. And Welcome to the Ministry of Dance. Jason Coleman's. I always think putting your name in anything is always just not great. I mean, it sort of depends. I do kind of get it. Like if you're trying no, to make money, I don't get it. Well, I disagree. If you've just been on TV, though, I no. reckon. I disagree with the Vanity Project. Oh yeah, that's the same place I went. That studio. Yeah, I know this. Yeah, yeah. You know this big North Melbourne thing. Although it looks like it hasn't been updated since then. The shitty furniture and shitty stuff. <laughs> they were an agency. They actually yeah. had like an agency where they also rented out like. Uh, dancers and models, and I hired them for a couple of peop- um, couple of clients I was working with a few years ago. And um, oh, right. they were really nice guys, actually. It was a couple of guys, and they were really nice. And I think they've gone on to be quite successful people in their own rights. I'm not yeah tell you who they are, though, but yeah. <laughs> Contact us. No, where is, the, where is the photo? I don't know. Well, I'll have to send it to you at a later date. I, now I can't see it on the website either. Anyway, you can see how photoshopped it is. It's like his teeth are white, like a pure white, and they're sort of jumping out of the screen at you. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's hideous. That's yeah. bad. That's a bad photo. That's a very photoshopped photo. The man hasn't got a wrinkle on his face, nor mm. does he have a bottom row of teeth, it would seem. Yeah. It doesn't even, and it looks unrecognisable as Jason Coleman, I think. I thought it was Barry Crocker, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big news flash, by the way. I mean, we were talking about Barry Crocker. Barry Crocker's alive? Well, <laughs> I can't remember. I think he is. He I think is we alive, already yeah. did that news we flash in an earlier episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but guess what song he wrote that we were also talking about in a mini-sode? 
the Neighbours theme song. Did you know what? that was written by Barry Crocker? Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we digress. We've got um, we've taken down Jason Coleman, and we've now got to you know make fun of Michael Napthali. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> or our, I can't wait. Or our listeners will be disappointed. One of our favourite things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Michael's clearly at his wits' end in this uh, episode because you know the schedule's all going to flop, and um, the vi- I love how the video clip director um has a bit of a pop at him, um for oh, yeah. not having yeah. There's the bit where. Uh, he hasn't scheduled enough time for some of the choreography with Anna Kiprios for the music yeah, video the and they're shooting yeah. tomorrow. And so now suddenly Anna Kiprios has to, you know, um, rehearse with them in a um, hotel room because, you know, they're shooting tomorrow at 6.30 in the morning or something like that. And you can see Michael's sort of <laughs> wheels are falling off a little bit. Well, see, I just thought this kind of continued to be indicative of, you know, what was happening in the previous episode where Chris Moss kind of roasted him a little bit. Yeah. I was like, okay, the wheels are definitely falling off. Like, are you, you know, I feel like this train has jumped the tracks almost. Is it going to jump the tracks soon? When's it going to jump the tracks kind of thing? And I don't know, it feels a little bit icky at this point. Yeah. And it it did make me sort of go and, you know, we're circling back to Jason Coleman, but I reckon she was too busy with this film clip and that's why they had to pull him off the opening ceremony of the Olympics. I mean, let's be real. Here's the thing. Let's be real. Yeah. Let's just let's just let's just get down to brass taxes. Okay. As if Jason Coleman was pulled off the opening of the Olympic Games to do this. Like <laughs> pulled off the Olympic Games opening ceremony. Fuck off. Maybe he maybe he had a day off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really it was just a way to slide in there that he was doing the Olympics opening ceremony. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But yeah. it, it's such bullshit. <laughs> oh, he was pulled away from it. Yeah, right. Totally. Yeah, it is so like, you know, it's the night before you're editing a show called Pop Stars and you've got to write a script for the narrator to say. And so you're like, exactly. oh, what's Jason Coleman up to at the moment? Okay, that gives him some legitimacy. Put That'll that do, the, yeah. Yeah, chuck that in the script. <laughs> Ugh, so annoying. Yeah. And then I think we're at the point next where they're choosing the photos for the album covers. And Michael does make the good point, I think, you know, it's not all, we're not bagging Michael Napfeli the whole time. Because <laughs> at this point he does sort of go, it's it's like a big up yours to everyone who thinks that it's all manufactured because they're posing like dolls and mannequins. And I sort of went, yeah, that's I do remember like that's actually something that I'd forgotten. But as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, that's kind of right. Like, he's I do like that sort of take on what they're doing. Is it though? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't is know. it? I mean, I, I do love it, but is yeah. it? Like, don't you? Here's the thing, and maybe we can get into this existential, you know, mm. thought pattern later but like maybe if they didn't lean into it so much it wouldn't have been something that was perhaps part of their downfall yeah like leaning so hard in this manufactured like we're gonna stick it up yeah i mean it meant that their second album was a bizarre departure but then kind of also had no direction as well the whole thing i'm not sure um, i remember like i love the image don't get me wrong i've got a huge poster of the image you've seen it, a signed poster of, of the image with all the autographs on it but hmm. so i do love the image but i also just kind of think i don't know i'm not sure if there was the right move guys i mean obviously it sold millions and millions of records and like i remembered going to get the putting the single and the album on lay-by you could order them both at once and you had to pay, prepay them. <laughs> I haven't thought about lay-by for years, gosh. Yeah, well, <laughs> I remember, I remember walking out to Sanity, putting it on lay-by yeah. and paying for it up front and going out and paying for it over a couple of weeks before it arrived. And when it arrived, um, I think the album, I might be wrong, but I think the album and the Poison single came out at the same time or around about the same time. And um, with the album, you got a bonus copy of Poison. All right. So I, I ended up with two copies of Poison and one copy of the album. And actually I was wondering about that. Like I was wondering if, and this might be something that I am I know nothing about, by the way, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Hmm. I wonder if by giving a copy of the single with the album as a gift, it counted as a sale unit. Oh, you reckon? Well, I'm just wondering. Or was it yeah. just an overstock of the, was it like the decision was to get rid of things we've already overstocked in, uh, like right. overordered? I'm not sure. I don't know that I don't know how that whole thing works, but um, I was yeah. just wondering. Yeah, well, you're more attuned to things like that, having already done some retaily things. I might so go for. I might I'm going go go, go to believe you. I'm yeah. going to go for a bit of research and find out more on that. But anyway, yeah, that was my memory of it. Yeah, I like the thought. Um, 
Anyway, this the bit we've all been waiting for is the very exciting last half of the episode where they're actually oh, yes. shooting the film clip. Um, and I just <laughs> the first, I mean, my first observation was that Belinda's hair just has a life of its own, and it reminded Isn't it me tremendous. Oh, it's huge! It's, it's yeah, like, it's, it's like, a, like a live. Well, what it reminded me of was my flatmate in uni. He actually owned like a Muppet, like a Jim Henson Creature Shop Muppet. Oh, amazing! And what was really amazing about it was like it was it was sit sit there sort of posed in the corner on its stand and if you were like vacuuming or sweeping you know once every six months that I did it and you bump <laughs> you bump the stand um it was it would sort of wobble and the just the lifelike movement of this thing like the way it was the arms were sprung and the feathers on its hair and the way the um feathers sort of caught the wind you sort of went that's what the genius of those muppets are is that they already feel alive even when you just like nudge them because of the way they're like sprung and yeah you know, sure constructed yeah anyway so belinda's hair <laughs> i think if i was sweeping near belinda she would have sprung to life <laughs> it was i thought her hair was fabulous oh it yeah was it, buoy- it yeah, was yeah. buoyant and bouncy and it was just like oh my god it could have been a pantene pro v commercial yeah remember those you know remember those ads with rachel hunter um what did, what did they used to say um so healthy it shines oh, no yeah. what no what, what what was it they said wasn't it something like um yeah, I think it was so healthy, it shines or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was so bouncy and beautiful. I loved it. Belinda's hair just gave me life. Yeah. And Sophie's got a pretty um, tall up, up to sort of wild thing Yeah, that's outrageous. It. Whatever they do to her hair, they kind of tease it right up and yeah. stands up on its end. And Yeah, I can't fabulous. tell. There's sort of, I don't know if it's like a early draft, but there's one where it's all puffing out and then when she actually turns up to set, it's sort of brushed back and there's just like a peacock tail at the back. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. I th- I agree. I think maybe it was a bit of a, that was a toned down version of perhaps what their initial plan was. <laughs> well, I think it worked, you know. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. I thought she looked great. Yeah. But I didn't love, I didn't love Kate, Um, I didn't love Sophie's, weird feathery necklace the black feather necklace was fucking awful oh does it end up in the shot at the end no it ended up on the single cover but not the album cover Uh, it was like an awful shitty one ply chicken feather (laughs) boa or something it wasn't even like ostrich feather I hate those one ply boas a dirty old one you break straight through them with one blow you know (laughs) (laughs) listen you've been to plenty of drag shows you know what a good ostrich you've been you've done plenty of theater you know a good ostrich feather when you see one Oh, yeah, well, this spot shit. them from a thousand meters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was also that time when ring lights came in, which I was quite excited about because, um, you know, before then they were just for dentists, and then around two thousand, I just remember every musician was photographed with like a ring flash and um, for their album cover, and now yeah. you know we all conduct our <laughs> Zoom meetings in front of us at ring lights, so you know it was a little bit of a nod to the, you know, the. Um, birth of the ring light in popular culture i thought a hundred percent totally yes totally yeah i mean you've got one now and it's doing wonders for you thank you i don't know i don't know i don't know if it's doing wonders necessarily but it's put it this way it's certainly a vast improvement on what i naturally look like i've got it set to like a warm filter so at the moment i look like i've got a tan i see yeah yeah well it's it's doing its thing yeah can confirm do not have a tan yeah and Anyway, it was really good watching this one because it's sort of, I think there's a bit where the director, Mark, whatever his face is, um, he sort of goes, Mark it's all Hartley. just, yeah, Mark Hartley. It's all just about solving problems. And I sort of went, yeah, you've summed it up really well. That's really what making stuff is. You know, that's the creative process in a nutshell. Like have a vision, then compromise and solve problems until something comes out the other end that's usable, you know. <laughs> um, it's a fairly, a fairly uninspiring description, but you're absolutely correct. Yeah, but I think that's the whole great thing about being able to peek backstage like this because actually a lot of it is uninspiring. Like, you know, the bit where Sophie does her exit on the, you know, dancing pole through the door, which is in the video, I think. Yeah. And then it shows her sort of landing backstage and it's all on just like blue welded, you know, raw metal sort of stuff with a bit of a cushion so she doesn't break anything. But, you know, there's nothing glamorous about <laughs> backstage. Well, there really is nothing glamorous about show business, is there? Yeah. I mean... No. It seems so fabulous to watch it, but really you can see there's just nothing. It's it's all smoke and mirrors, but how fabulous are the smoke and mirrors? And Sally, there's a bit where Sally, um, she's not happy with a costume or something. Did you have any 
oh, Sally, where she wears some weird like Japanese kimono sleeved jacket, which I'm pleased she didn't wear because now, of course, today we'd savage her for cultural appropriation. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but she, yeah, she has sort of an issue with what she's going to wear and she ends up wearing a, what do they say? It's a Wayne Cooper red dress or something. They put her in oh, a Wayne Cooper red dress, a red yeah, leather dress, right. and then in another scene they put her in like a snakeskin bandeau wrap top, which is the yeah. one she wears in the video clip. It looks so good. Um, but um, I did think it was interesting that like in the music video and in the Poison photo shoot, the outfits are different stupidly like why put her why put sally in like a halter neck red leather dress for the video sorry for the music for the single cover but then put her in other stuff in the video i don't know it was just like a bit pointless they put her in some brown pants i kind of think sally got the short shift in that music video yeah i mean i think part of it's driven by sally though because she's sort of um really trying to find something she's comfortable doing the dance moves into so I mean, do, well, I mean, like in the whole snack dress, I mean, she might not have to, been able to hop around. It's, you know? <laughs> it's true. They keep trying to shoehorn poor Sally into things she's not comfortable. And I think at one point she says, I look like a prostitute, which of course is not exactly, you know, a good thing to, to say. I mean, what does a mm. prostitute look like? And being a prostitute is a perfectly respectful, um, respectable um, form of employment. So hey to all the sex workers out there listening. But Definitely, I thought it was interesting that that was left in there. Like, you know, when she's like, oh, I look like a prostitute. I know. I think it's even like one of the, the things they clip for the intro, isn't it? It is. So we yeah, hear it they, twice. You hear it twice, yeah. It's weird to hear that now, thinking like we would never say that on TV. And it's very strange. But, I mean, it's also weird. Like, they put Katie in that fabulous, like, sort of indigo, blue, purpley kind of leathery, I don't know, latexy, plasticky jumpsuit thing. Mm. And did you notice that awfully offensive moment on the chair? Uh, I think so. Which are we talking about the same one? I don't know. Have you? You've probably put this in the notes to talk about later. Have you? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, Now's the time. So, so, so Katie's sitting on the chair, this like spacey chair that sort of she spins around in, and her legs are kind of open, and she's in this full-on purple jumpsuit, and there's like a zip in her crotch. Yeah. And somebody, I can't remember who it is, but they make a comment about that zipper could be open. Yeah. Should, should be open or something? Am I correct yep. or am I wrong? Have I imagined that? No, you're correct. No, you didn't imagine that. Yeah, yeah. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I I was like, my mouth was like, <gasps> like yeah. wide open. I, I I think possibly I levitated from my chair. Did you? I was, I was like, <laughs> that is just hideous. Can you imagine yeah. saying that to, to a colleague, a work colleague? No, not at and all. A young, and a young person? Yeah, and also on national TV as well, and, and um, leave, and then thinking it was acceptable from a production and an editing point of view to leave it in there. Yeah, with this one, I was trying to go, okay, just like we've we've sort of made this point a couple of times now. So I thought, like, okay, put yourself in the other person's shoes. Maybe it's a bit of like gallows humor because you're sitting there in front of someone. What's in gallows latex. humor? Well, you know, like for doctors, um, they sort of have to make fun a little bit of you know some horrible. Um, you know, whatever medical procedures do they? to to get through their day, you know. Do they? Yeah. Have you not heard of gallows humour? Never. Just, do they doc, do doctors make fun of things to patients? No, no, it's just to each other, you know. Oh um, well that's because nice to know that the actually medical you deal- professionals do that. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> Never heard of that. But you know, you've got to just like to get through your day, sometimes you just have to laugh about stuff. Oh, I agree with you, but yeah. does that mean you have to objectify a woman and say unzip your latex cat suit in and no. you know, the, zi- the zipper is in the middle of her legs <laughs> yeah i think I, yeah i guess i'm just being devil's advocate like maybe it was Don't maybe be. he was there is no, no way to redeem this no there's not is there <laughs> it's i mean i get it now i understand what gallows humor is i yeah. totally get gallows humor this yeah. is not that this is just icky creepy gross and like the guy's Gross. Whoever it yeah. is, I can't remember who it is. It's gross. Yeah, and what's Katie remember. supposed to do? She's about to shoot her scene on an already delayed, already over-budgeted thing, you know? She can't exactly say, fuck off, don't talk to me like that, you pig. Yeah. And she, she she may not have also realised, I mean, that's what somebody was sort of, I mean, what's she going to say? She was. She had no choice. I don't know. I think it's gross. The power the power disparity there is just disgusting and ugh, 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 ugh. ugh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, you're right as well because they are really running over time. Um, and I did kind of go like 
why would you shoot it all in one day? I mean, maybe that's like a normal thing for a film clip, is it? Literally my thought, I was like, why do they film it in one day? I mean, here's the thing. So, like, I've been in a couple of music videos and they were done on one day, but they were single artists, so they Mm. weren't like a group. And I think that's maybe a bit different. It's one setup. But when you're going to try and do, essentially they had like five setups in this, didn't they? They had one for each of the girls and then one with all of them together. Yeah. I mean, that's like six, 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 um, setups which is crazy hmm. six that's six hairs and hair and makeup six wardrobes you know all that sort of stuff i don't know i think it's pretty ambitious and i'm also yeah. surprised that like you know it's it's not like when they talk about the delays they talk about it as if like they're using shots of the girls in hair and makeup and all this other stuff it's actually not these people's fault it's actually the people managing the day yeah like, well, there's, is it the cameraman or someone like that? He goes, oh, yeah, he's quite funny. Like, he I might be slow, but at least I'm expensive. You know, yeah. as they're going into overtime, he's, you yeah. know, smacking his lips. <laughs> he's, he was quite a bit, he was sort of this funny little dry um, yeah. humor every now yeah, and Yeah, they again. show him a couple of times, don't they? <laughs> yeah, um, they didn't explain who he was, which I thought was quite strange. Yeah, it took me a while, but then at the end I realized he's there sort of holding the camera. So if, if he's not the main, like, um, you know, what are they called? Director of photography. He's at least Boom you know, operator or main something. camera operator or something like that. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> well, it was pretty. It was pretty wild to think that they ran over, but also wild to think that they were. They then kept Sally and Tiffany into the night. Yeah. Well, I guess they just hadn't planned to um, do the Sunday because I think it's a Saturday, and I did sort of go, oh, you know, they probably wanted to get it done in one day because. Sunday's time and a half or something. But then I sort of thought, well, the Booking overtime Monday, for working then. people for twelve hours plus eight hours after that, you know, the overtime's going to be much worse. So me as a layperson, you know, I thought just schedule it out, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> and also like, also like, you know, it's these girls' first music video. Not that I'm suggesting that they are the reason there was a delay, but like maybe if it's everybody's first time, maybe we should allow for some issues. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if it's where, where the delays have come from. I'd be very curious to know because I thought it was a bit of a strange um, scenario to be left with at the end of that first day. Yeah. And by the time Tiffany actually gets on set, I mean, it's like oh, two in the morning thing. or something, is it? Yeah. It must be like <laughs> two in the morning. Poor thing. Yeah. Can you but imagine? She does a great like, job. Yeah. Like trying to sum, summon up the energy to do a performance after you've been sitting there in costume since eight the previous morning. <laughs> I mean, that's basically every guy that goes to a gay bar ever. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like every gay guy that goes to a gay bar ever. It's like they arrive at like 8 p.m. the night before and they're still doing a performance at 2 a.m. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> but you're talking about 8 a.m. So 8 a.m., yeah. 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 I mean, well, it's but- kind of still a gay bar, gay guy. Imagine a gay guy getting up and going to brunch on Oxford Street in Paddington hmm. and then, you know, partying at Ark or whatever at 2 a.m. But you'd go home. At 5 p.m. you go home, you get ready, you have pre-drinks. Don't you? That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah I guess you do. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've done that. If I've ever done that, I don't know. Yeah. Wash the Sydney sun off you before. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe us Sydney sun. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So by the the end of this episode, I mean, it must have been a big reveal at the time, but they... Yeah, huge, massive. It was a big, big deal to see this clip. Yeah. Because they... The, you know, it must be about a week later or something or, you know, maybe the director and the editor have been working overtime to get it done. But, you know, they sort of summon the band into the um, editing suite to actually watch like the first cut. And it was yeah. a very exciting moment. Even like It was. Yeah, even though I already know it. what the film clip is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. They were just, they were just, uh, they were, that was, I thought, pretty fabulous. And I thought if there's any moment for all of them other than the moment they got, in it would be this moment i think seeing themselves performing and just the magic in their eyes seeing themselves in their music video it's just so cool to see them they only get a little snippet of it but and i think that's how i felt too watching them i remember as a viewer you felt like you'd been on a journey with them by this point for like nine episodes so it was quite exciting to finally see them in pop star glory you know yeah actually being pop stars they're average girls they could be your neighbor you know what i mean and here they are being the pop stars yeah, <laughs> and it's a really like it's still actually a really great film clip. Like I really love the it color is. palette. It's so like really saturated colors, and it's not all like it's not too polished either. Like it's a bit edgy, and 
you know, it really I, goes, it matches the song perfectly as well, I reckon. Totally. Yeah. I am so with you. I think the clip is fabulous. It's beautiful. The, the saturation of that colour and uh, the effect that they put on the girls so that their eyes kind of glow. Mm. Um, you know, the editing is really, really good. Um, it's it's just such a great video clip and it's perfect for that time. And it looks like it was really expensive to do. It I love, does, you know, I, I love and really respect a good quality expensive music video. Um, yeah. That's not to say that cheap ones can't be fabulous and, um, you know, sort of, you know, ad- amateur ones can't be fabulous because they can. But I just really appreciate quality, like, you know, camera operators and cinematography and directors of photography and quality costuming and quality, all that stuff. It just, it really, you can really feel it. Yeah. And um, just, it's just so iconic when you think of, I always look at a video clip and I think, oh, that's just an iconic reference. That's an, that will be an iconic reference. That will be an iconic reference. And in this clip, it's pretty, it's pretty fantastic the way that they've done it. Yeah. And you don't, I don't know if film clips are really much of a thing anymore, are they? Like they're out there, but is anyone, is like back then I used to be just so excited when you'd see, finally see the film clip of something, you know? <laughs> I think that film clips are still definitely a big thing, but I think it's different because back then you had to wait until Saturday or Sunday morning to see it. Yeah, that's true. And you yeah, only you got to see YouTube it once. Yep. You didn't mm. get to see it because there was no internet as such. Well, there was, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like it, the internet wasn't necessarily in everybody's houses and it wasn't like... You couldn't like YouTube it or, um, yeah. you know. I Having think said maybe, that, we did used to tape Rage every week so yeah, I could watch stuff true. over and over. <laughs> and I think maybe Channel V was around because we had Channel V on Foxtel. That was oh, a music right. channel. And so you could see things occasionally on there that came up. But definitely it wasn't like you had them on demand. Mm. Um, so it was a real event. I mean, yeah. Rage was such an event. It was, wasn't it? Oh, and recovery. Yeah. I used to love recovery afterwards. Of course you <laughs> I did. I don't know if that was oh. your thing. <laughs> no, as if it was my thing. How gross. There's a quote that I've written down here from Mark Hartley, the who's directed the film clip, um, and he's saying, if anything feels stupid, don't worry about it. I'm not going to use the whole take. I'm going to use the bits that work really nicely. And, you know, I've come from doing a bit of video editing and people always, you know, if they're the subject of the, um, of the, whatever clipper was editing, you know, they'd always criticize the little, like the two little shots where you're like, oh, you use that bit where I look strange or, you know, my nose was a funny shape. And I realized that, you know, people when they're watching themselves in these things, always just thinking about their own, uh, interests, I think. (laughs) Wouldn't you? I mean, I would be if I were one of the girls. Yeah, sort of. But at some point I think you've got to step back and just sort of trust the process a little bit and just go, all these people around me know what they're doing. It's not nah. all about me. Don't you reckon? I think that's I think that's true of established music artists, yes. I mm. think like I, I would I would presume that, you know, established musicians, you know, get onto a set for a music video and they trust all the very expensive professionals that they've hired and they've done many clips before so they're used to what they've got to do. But I imagine if you're a young person and it's your first music video and it's all very exciting and very nerve-wracking and, you know, sort of all very fast-paced, I imagine you'd be absolutely terrified and you'd be criticising every single aspect of yourself. I mean, I think Tiffany talks about hating her nose and she talks about, does she talk about her boobs as well? I think she mentions her breasts at some point. Right. And then, you know, Sophie's worried about how she looks and a couple of them are and you just kind of are like, well, I guess they probably would be worried yeah. about but themselves. The, but I know what you mean. At the same time, like Warner, one of the biggest, you know, entertainment companies in the world has put a lot of time, effort and money into making this thing. They're not going to like put in a, the bit where she's like, you know, one of them scratching their eye or something or, you know. You know picking their nose. <laughs> picking their nose, getting corn out of their teeth. Like they're going to present oh, like the best <laughs> the best bit, bits possible, you know. <laughs> well, you would you would hope so. But, I mean, again, you don't have any reason to trust anybody, do you, at that level, at that yeah. point in your career. You've got nothing to back you up. It's a bit of like a counterpoint to a podcast where there's just really two of us and you don't have much control over what goes in and out and I get to put in all my favourite bits of, <laughs> of what you're doing in. Well, that is true. That's exactly what it's like. I mean, I trust yeah. the process. I trust that you will embarrass me suitably yeah. to the point that tickles you. That's basically what I trust. Okay, um, good. Yeah. And, and you do. You do. You, you, this, this podcast serves one person. 
you and that's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's for your enjoyment and for the enjoyment of the viewers enjoying yeah. your enjoyment basically yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> pretty much what this is about i just have to forgive and what did you say i have to let all the what did you say you have to let all the experts do their job and let all the professionals do the job well that's yeah, what that's i'm doing right. yeah <laughs> let's let it happen i do stupid stuff i let you do it <laughs> <laughs> If only if only you people listening out there knew how much stuff I say to Alex, cut that out, get rid of it, and he leaves it in. Or oh, yeah. he makes it like this. I don't know if you've been listening to fully to the end of your episodes, but there's apparently a little bit at the end of each episode that I have missed several times that he puts in some really embarrassing moment that I thought was never going to see the light of day. So there you go. There's a little nugget for you. What are they called? What are they, <laughs> they've got a name, haven't like they? A like a blooper. Like a blooper. Yeah, I put yeah. a little blooper at the end. And I think actually my favorite one is it must be episode seven. Um, What's that one? What do well, I stupidly say then? No, nothing. I think uh, it's not so much what you say, but I think just everyone, if you didn't make it right to the end of that one, just jump back to episode seven and <sighs> fast forward right to the end and just hear the last little, you know, it's only probably 10 seconds worth, I think. <laughs> well, I've got to go and listen to it then. Yeah, I think you'd better. Yeah. God, I hate you sometimes with this sort of shit. Years of life. Oh, sorry, I hit the stink. <laughs> I cut you off then. Continue that thought. I love, I love how you played the credit music as I was like chastising you. <laughs> well, I love that that's your answer. That's your answer. Like, you're not going to hear it. You're just going to be like, nope, I'm in control here. Oh Reddit look, I'm music. I'm happy, you know. Go for it. I just thought I thought you gave me like the secret wink of let's move on. But <laughs> no, I I didn't. That wasn't a secret wink. No. That was probably just some sort of middle aged right. eye tick. I don't know. Yeah, gotcha. Well, but, open but the floodgates. Fine. You know, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know what? Speaking of opening the floodgates, people yeah. listening, if you have something you want to say, let your floodgates open too. Send us a DM on Instagram. Yeah, we'd love it. We would love to see that. What have you written here? You've written. <laughs> You haven't written Hocus. Oh, you haven't written anything. No, I didn't update this part of the script. Oh no, oh, this is usually where I try right and now. trick you. Yeah, you've How caught me out at my own game. Yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody listening is like laughing at this right now. Yeah. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I guess just like and subscribe on Instagram, whatever. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> I've let the team like down. And subscribe. Yeah. We have well, an you know, Instagram. Everyone knows that anyway. I mean, there you go. We have an Instagram. Send us a DM. Hokusalugi yeah. was last week's one because Alex hasn't changed the script. <laughs> uh, so you can see what level of talent and professionalism I'm working with. And now, I mean, they also know that I'm cutting and pasting. So. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah. And you can also follow the link in the description to our ACAST support page. Mm. Um, I thought I'd just chuck that bit in there too for you. Shows are yeah. published every Friday with mini-sodes on Tuesdays. So you get a little little whistle wetter on a Tuesday. The best thing, of course, is, you know, if you don't want to send us cash, just subscribing, you know, it boosts our little algorithms. So make sure if you can't send us any money, just hit your subscribe buttons on at least, you know, five or six different podcast apps that we're on. So. <laughs> I mean, that would be great also. So would mm. the money. So love that. Yeah. What would you do if you like suddenly someone chucked a million bucks in there? What would you do? Well, for starters, you'd have yeah. to tell me they did it. And I imagine I would know they chucked a million dollars and I would just get a message from you saying, podcast is over. I've moved to the Turks and Caicos. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's how I'd find out that somebody chucked a million dollars in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would I do? I don't know. Mm. What would I do? I'd probably get a more comfortable chair to do this podcast on and better headphones. That's probably what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> and then donate the rest to charity. Oh, piss off. I'd yeah. maybe donate some. And world peace. Oh, fuck world peace. World peace is overrated. In the pursuit of world peace, many a Miss America has been disappointed. Have they? I presume that surely that have to be. I've never watched a Miss America. Have you ever watched the whole, like, Miss America thing? No, I haven't. I remember yeah. Jennifer Hawkins when she did it for Miss Universe back when she mm. had her old face and she won. Um, and is that I, the one where her dungarees fell down or something? No, I think no. it was her dress. Was but that wasn't. She did have that wasn't then. It was at a photo call, right? Where her okay. dress fell down on a on a yeah. set of stairs after she already won. But I remember watching that Miss Universe only like the repeats to see that she'd won. The Australian girl had won, but I don't remember having seen it otherwise. 
Yeah. I can't imagine. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not sure what I feel about beauty pageants. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Jury's out. You know what? We should actually do that. One of our summer we episodes. Host our own. We should. We should. With only two contestants. Miss Fruity Alexia 2021. Yeah. We should do it. We should do a little watch of um, like a former Miss World or something, Miss Universe or something. We should do a, we should do a series on, on um, Miss Universes or something and just try and understand it a little bit better. Yeah. Or we could do one about Clueless. Oh, of course we could. <laughs> of course we could. Of course we could. Okay, fine. All right, look, that's fine. We'll do one about Clueless and I'll have a think of some topics that I want us to do reviews on. This is what everyone you've got to look forward to in the future, Fruity Alexia. Yeah. Lucky you guys. But for now, I suppose we should just say bye-bye. Okay. Oh, wait. What have you written there at the end of that? Um, that's the script. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're whispering into the microphone that yeah. they can so, hear. So yeah. only you can hear and no one else can. Love that. <laughs> okay. Cool. That's right. The mini episode. Okay. I'll see you later. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Can you feel it? feel it did you listen to the last episode right to the end no okay God. oh oh no did. was it the last episode maybe the episode before i'll listen to it oh what have you done to me what have you added into it anyway focus on the <laughs> on today's episode <laughs> hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.